Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, Jonathan Chwandi, and uh, he comes to us with a background in business development, uh, liberal arts, and a whole bunch of things. So, Jonathan, how are you doing today? It's been it's been wonderful. I really thank you, Luki, for inviting me and being part of this uh, podcast. No, my pleasure. So why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about what you're doing up uh, right now, and then we'll go back in time and talk to you about as a kid. So what are you up to these days? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, one of the busiest part I would say is, um, you know, I have a wife and daughter. I'm married, have a, a two and a half year old daughter. So that keeps me up in the morning, keeps me up yep. at night, keeps me up basically on the weekend. So it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I basically came from Indonesia, went to school um, at York University, kind of took a role basically at a startup role right now as a business development lead at Rose Rocket. Um, and just to kind of give you a big background, basically, on what I do is I lead the sales team. So sales development representative, business development representative, dealing with inbound, outbound leads, and also building up better processes and workflow within our sales organization on, on the top of funnel type of uh, environment. So Sounds good. So uh, business development lead at, at Rose Rocket. And what were you like as a kid? So what are some of the early fond memories that Jonathan had uh, growing up? Oh, man, there there's plenty of them. So <laughs> coming, I think the background as, um, you know, I, I grew up in Indonesia, I, I moved to Canada when um, I believe it was like 2009, I went to, I specifically went here for university. Okay. Uh, a part of the, I think, growing up as a in an Asian family and a very Asian, um, you can say, uh, not not just vibe, but more of like a very Asian cultured where, you know, everything's preset for you, where we talk about like business, we talk about, you know, um, you know, being a doctor, you talk about, which obviously that was not a conversation for me when I was a kid, but it's more of a business <laughs> side. I'm not that smart to be a doctor, but like just as a kid, like I'm, I'm very active. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of like accidents as well, you know, hitting my head on like a mirror, hitting my head on a window. So I'm very active in that sense uh I'm, I'm very involved with like a lot of sports um but yeah that's pretty much like how how it is like i have i never had a, any focus on like what i want to do as a kid because i like to kind of dabble on a lot of things and and be good at as much things as i can uh so not that studious but more of like the active side of things so yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about the Asian upbringing. So obviously the, the typical is, is doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer. It sounds like doctor was yeah. off the table. How about the uh, <laughs> an engineer side? Was there any hopes for your parents for you to become an engineer or, or always kind of went to like accountant, lawyer, that side of it? Or, or was mm -hmm. there even any, any thoughts or considerations on that? Yeah, you know what? I mean, I don't think engineer was even on, on the questions because my my family's background, like my my dad is in business, uh, okay. my mom's in business, uh, my grandpa owns a business, so my whole family has been in the lines of business and okay. sort of the conversations either everything revolving about business, right? Like you, you know, be in marketing, be an accountant, be a you know, be in business management, uh, economics. So a lot of the conversation revolves mainly around that. So. That was pretty much where my exposure is. Um, and, you know, as a kid, I'm not I'm not studious enough to point that I would just go and research on my stuff. I just kind of listen and, hey, this is what people say. And well, let me just take a look at that. Right. And that's pretty much it. Right? So I'm very close minded in that sense where I didn't even know engineering existed. I didn't even know, like, you know, other than like the typical lawyer, doctor and all this, all this kind of stuff. I don't think that 
that existed to me back then. So, right. And w- when you were growing up, so you, you said active uh, sports accidents and stuff like that. Uh, when mm-hmm. when did it start settling in that you actually had to like choose a, a career path and stuff? Were you were you starting to think about it in, in high school, or is it not even a thought in high school, or is it really just grade twelve? I really got to decide right at the tail end. Uh, I'm about to graduate <laughs> this chapter of my life. Uh, t- <laughs> t- t- talk 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 to us a little bit about like kind of that that exposure. Was it gradual, or is there something something different that influenced you? I think it's more of like a click of three, uh, of reality because uh, you know as a kid you're always like a dreamer, right? You you have it's sort of like anything is possible type of type of thing. You know, one of my biggest dreams as a kid. I mean, I know a lot of kids think this way as well. I want to be an NBA player, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, play a lot of basketball. You know, even like sign up for like different different street balls, uh, different clubs. Uh, but then at the end of the day, it's like um, go once again go growing up in an Asian uh, culture, like sports was not where you make money right sports was more of like a hobby but it wasn't it wasn't like something that you should be pursuing for either scholarship and all those kind of stuff it's, it's been the conversation where it's a good hobby to have but you got to also still focus on career that kind of like brought me my attention to like okay let's find something that i'm actually good at something that uh i enjoy doing as well i i don't think i've really found that even after university because uh, even after high school sorry um you know that's that's I think one of the one of the hardest part in my uh, personal career, even in my life, that I need to kind of figure out what I want to be, uh, what I want to actually do, rather than what you know external uh, people saying that I should be doing, right? So, uh, but yeah, it's it's been uh, I I think it's a transition. It's more of like a wake up call um, during high school where it's like you know sports is something that you can kind of learn, but at that point, once again, it's uh that outside sources, right? Keep saying that that's just a hobby. That's not something you should be pursuing. So yeah, the cultural pressures, that sort of thing is you need to exactly. be successful in life, bring something that's stable, brings in the money and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So, <laughs> exactly. Can you walk us through the, the decision to, to move to Canada? Because obviously you grew up in Indonesia and then you ultimately did uh, university in, in uh, Canada. So what was that process like? Was it, was it kind of well-received? Did your parents kind of support it? Or did you have to kind of go against the grain <laughs> in order to mm-hmm. kind of sell them on, on doing that? Or what, what was that process like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually got accepted. So Canada was my second option. It wasn't my first, yeah. my very first option. Uh, my first option was actually Singapore. Uh, so I get accepted into a university in Singapore. However, when when I got accepted, it was closer to the end of the deadline. So I got put into a, um, uh, what do you call that? Like a waiting list for the next year. Uh, so I, I didn't want to wait that long. And plus, I got news as well that I get accepted to York. Uh, on top of that as well, when I got accepted to York, I didn't really get the major that I wanted. So I, I was put into, um, I believe it's called undecided uh, okay. on your very first year to kind of figure out what you kind of want to do. So, but mo- both my parents, uh, they both graduated from um, from York University. They they used to okay. live here as well. So this is sort of like sort of like the second home for them. So they, I, I'm very familiar. Like they know a lot of people here as well. So, you know, sending someone, sending his, you know, their kid to a, completely new country with like no guidance they're not worried because canada they have a lot of people that they know of as well right so there's a lot of ice you know watching over me so sounds good and and talk yeah. to us a little bit about because you mentioned you didn't uh, end up in, in the degree you wanted or the major that you wanted mm-hmm. so you ended up doing like liberal arts and uh, i mean for for an asian culture you mentioned uh, that's a little bit of a <laughs> challenging yes. degree so yeah. so can you walk us through a little bit about that conversation and and, and what what happened on that side yeah, I think uh, the funny part about the story was um, 
like I say, I'm not a very studious person. Even when when I was in high school, I kind of get by um, because I don't know. It's just you know you know when when you're not studious and you just want to kind of just get by in life type type of thing because like you kind of try to do everything so you're not really focused. So you know I'm not I'm not much of a reader and and those kind of stuff. So when I get accepted into York with undecided, I have the option of like picking my major, right? So I kind of okay. talk about hey let's let's go into business. So I took economics. I took a lot of different things, uh, but you know, coming to a new country, living by the, by yourself, um, you know, I, I I think I lost focus of why I'm here. So I, I didn't mm. really study that much. I spent a lot of time, you know, especially in the basketball court. I spent a lot of time just like <laughs> hanging out, playing games. So in other words, it's like I screw up my, my first year. <laughs> because I screw up my first year, you know, they didn't give me a seat basically in, um, in, in as a business major because, you know, my grades was not good enough. Uh, but the one that I'm, I'm actually really good at um, during that first year was linguistics, which is a very, to me personally, like intro to linguistic, just because my experience in, in Indonesia, it was it was a pretty simple, simplest uh, course out of all the courses that I've taken. So I, I really got a good grade basically on linguistic. Uh, so that was the only major I can pick. So that's how I ended up in liberal arts. I didn't really <laughs> choose liberal arts, <laughs> you can say. Um, but then once I'm in, same thing as well happened in the second year. I tried to kind of move into a different major to some courses that uh, that ended up being um, pretty bad and like the grades. So I couldn't even pick a major. And it's, it's, you know, coming to my third year, I'm like, you know what? Let's just stick with this major. I'll take like elective courses. Let me be serious on the last two, you know, two years of university. And um yeah, just to stick by linguistics and and kind of move up from there while taking like business courses on the side. Cool, and I love if you, if you could share and if you're willing to share kind of the the conversations with with mom and dad because it might have been a difficult thing where they send their kid <laughs> halfway around the world and they're supposed to uh, make something of themselves and 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 be stable, but meanwhile he's on the basketball well can't get in uh, first year and even <laughs> third year is having trouble and all that sort of stuff. What what was that uh, process like? You know what's funny? I think this is the first time I'm going to say it up front as well. I don't think they know that I actually failed the second year. <laughs> Ooh, okay, <laughs> but it's good. I mean, it's, it's I'm I'm very I'm very open in that sense as well because like that's sort of that immature side of me that that happened. You know, sort of like a learning curve that happened in my life as well, right? So I I actually uh, what's funny on my second year I got a I don't know what it's called. I I, I totally forgot what it's called, but it's like the um, uh, like a warning letter from the university mm. saying that if your yeah. grace doesn't, you know, you don't pull up your grades, then we're going to have to dismiss you off the university, right? And actually um, sort of like kick you out basically from university. So that was sort of my my personal wake up call that, you know, I got to take things seriously. Because um, going back, like my my childhood, I've been, I've been sort of that jokester, right? Where I'm like, I'm just having fun type of thing. I'm like, I'm always happy, but like, I never take things too much and never take things seriously. So that was my wake up call my second year where, I can't go home now, you know what I mean? On my second, I can't be like kicked out from university and then where am I going to go, right? So that was sort of my wake up call to kind of, let's take things seriously. You know, I'm in liberal arts. Uh, let's go on with this. Let's let's just get that degree, you know, study things on the side as well with business and, and sort of kind of decide where I want to go afterwards as well. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's like a degree is just a degree rather than, you know, that rather than sort of like that uh, reason why you can kind of get a job, right? So. For sure. Yeah, I had one of those moments in my first year as well. I got I got a letter too. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, I, it really uh, lights a fire under you in terms of like you need to make sure that uh, you you take things a little bit more seriously. I wasn't the jokester okay. type. I, I thought I was good, but I I had different challenges where uh, I was the um, what do you call it the 
natural genius where I thought that mm -hmm. you had to be smart. So, and because I'd never studied, obviously I didn't get mm -hmm. good marks. Right? You can yeah, get away with it in, in, in high school, but you can't really get away with it in university. So, I mean, uh, I sim agree. similar, but, <laughs> but different. So I, I'd love you to walk through a little bit about, okay, you're getting towards the end, you know, you want to get a degree, you're doing business on the side. What was the process to like graduate and, and like find what you want to do? Cause you mentioned you didn't really exactly know what you wanted to do. Uh, what was that mm -hmm. process that that transition process look like? Yeah, I think the um, sort of that conversation with my parents, right? So, you know, graduating, they always say, hey, you know, find a job during, during university, right? Um, what kind of job should I be doing? Like, I personally wanted to kind of jump in, hey, let's just work at Starbucks, you know, let's work mm -hmm. at any retail store, get as much experience I can get. But uh, I'm getting a lot of like, obviously pushback from my parents, like, no, apply for a bank, apply for this financial firm, like go for something prestigious, don't work for like, Starbucks because once again going back to like that Asian culture in Asia you know no one really wants to work at Starbucks that's sort of like you know because we 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 kind of live by different class right there's like low class mid class high class and and working sort of like in that retail store is more of like you're low class so it's sort of like that image right so um you know I've, I've always like I say I've always wanted to kind of just get the experience rather than like talking about the classes and all those kind of stuff for me right so um you know just basically in university that's sort of like the um, transitioning period. And I'm, I'm going back. I'm also happy go lucky type of person. I'm, I'm rebellious <laughs> in that sense. So, uh, I ended up landing, landing a job, um, at, um, at a, well, not really a marketing company, but more of like a direct sales company. So we okay. do a lot of like sales, do a lot of like, um, door to door, a lot of like, you know, calling people as well. So a lot of the, the hard and grind part of sales basically. So, yeah. um, yeah. And for me, it's like, you know what? I kind of want to prove them wrong, right? I want to prove my parents wrong. I don't need to work in a bank, you know, in order for me to be successful. So that's how I kind of jumped in to sales, you can say, but I, I was, it was never like, I kind of want to do it, but it's more of like, hey, I just kind of fell into it. Let me let me make use of it, right? And and from there, I kind of grow and learn a lot about, uh, about working in a company, working in sales and, and so forth, so. Yeah, sounds good. And, and looking back, I, I know for, for, for me and to a lot of folks, like sales is, is one of those key skills that uh, sales mm -hmm. is everywhere in whatever sort of role that you have, not necessarily like the direct sales or the door to door, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But you yeah. have to kind of sell your idea to your boss or you have to mm -hmm. uh, sell your idea uh, to your to your mate to, to get a puppy or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Agree, so, agree. so sales is everywhere. Is there anything that you can kind of think like looking back, like these were the directions that were pointing you towards like business development and sales and stuff? Were, were there any kind of early signs or is it always like the the external forces <laughs> are holding those mm -hmm. those uh those interests at bay uh any, anything that you can comment on that side yeah i think it was pretty quite recent maybe about two three years ago that i kind of say to myself as well that i'm actually good at sales like mm. maybe that is the path that i should be taking right and and i think i think one one of the biggest support for myself as well as uh as my wife has been sort of like with me well back then will be my my ex-girlfriend you can say now <laughs> my my girlfriend was um was very um very supportive when i first started as well in, in in that role um it was not like a typical job right so when you when you work for like an independent sales person as an independent salesperson there's a lot of challenges and you know i kind of became good at it and and that's when you know my my wife right now mentioned like Hey, maybe this is something that you should be doing, right? You're you're happy go lucky. You're always positive. You're very active. Uh, maybe this is the path. And and I never really it never clicked to me and, and dawned to me until like two three years ago. Um, actually, it's funny. So I, I kind of want to bring up a quote. Um, 
that some someone actually mentioned. I, I think I found it on LinkedIn. It says, uh, "Doing what you love is sometimes just doing something you're actually good at." So mm-hmm. you know, you kind of love what you do because you're actually good at it, right? So that's sort of like, oh, maybe that is it, right? Because my personality kind of fits into that, and and you know, over time, I kind of just learn more about sales, go dive deeper into sales management, you know, sales tactics, and 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 different types of sales, and sort of like where I am right now. So. Sounds good. That reminds me of, uh, I think, one of the Steve Jobs commencement commencement uh, speeches where he, uh, a lot of people misquote him as saying, like, do what you love. But actually, mm-hmm. he uh, quotes it as love what you do, which, I mean, mm-hmm. it's slightly different than, than what you're saying. But uh, in all the mm-hmm. things that, that you do, there's usually something that you enjoy about it. And oftentimes, you enjoy mm-hmm. it because you're good at it. Now, I know some people Agreed. who are good at stuff that they don't like it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that, that, that's everyone's in slightly different situations. Um, sure. And yeah, For and sure. I highly encourage folks to take a look at sales because it's one of those paths where like, again, it's not part of doctor, lawyer, accountant, engineer, salesperson. Right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, a little bit separate, but I think it's one of those skills that if you can develop it, uh, it has so many advantages uh, later, later on in life. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'd love if you talked a little bit. So now you're in, in, in sales, you're starting to get good at it. What is the kind of progression up until like where you are now? So what are some of the, the, the key milestones and, and uh, uh, stops along the way? Yeah, um, so for sure. So I'm, I think there's a bit of a lag there. So, but uh, just in regarding, um, you know, things that I do right now, it's like sort of that progression kind of grows based on my... Um, it's more of like a learning. I think this is going back to like realization of, you know, back in school, I didn't really study. Right. But after graduating, um, you know, moving up into like the management role as well in, in you know, all the companies that I worked at, um, I can't just be knowing sales as just a basic foundation sales that everyone learns as intro to sales. Right. So it has to be I have to kind of go more in depth of like, how do I train sales? How do I be good at sales? How do I um how do I expand my knowledge? So that's when I, I kind of force myself to kind of read books, force myself to listen to podcasts, force, you know, force myself to research. And I, I think the good thing about it right now is, um, you know, with tech companies, you know, emerging from left, right, and center, resources about sales is like everywhere now. It, it was way more mm-hmm. now than like four or five years ago, right? So um, it's being able to kind of force myself to kind of be in that position to kind of learn more because, you know, leading a team it's you can't be just knowing basic foundation of sales you need to know in depth how do i approach certain uh, certain things how do i strategize certain things as well how do you prospect certain people so uh that's sort of like that that path that i kind of eventually learned that yeah you know i could kind of back in university i could just kind of get by with everything but it's it's not you can't do that basically once you graduate. Once you're at the, at the workforce, you can't just get by if you you, you kind of want to move up in the company, right? Or you want to move up in your career. So it's a lot of like developmental uh, awareness that I need to kind of build. Um, and that's sort of like the, the fun part, I would say. <laughs> Sounds good. And walk us through like the different roles that you had, uh, I guess, uh, along the way. So up until Rose Rocket that you're doing right now, uh, what are some mm-hmm. kind of the key learnings that you had or, or, or important uh, milestones that you would have encountered during that time? Yeah, uh, some of the milestones I would say would be, I always say be good at that first level, right? So especially being in sales, like you're, you're selling something, whether it's a service, whether it's a product, whether 
you know, you're selling yourself as well as, as a person, um, you know, be really good at that first level, right? Once you're good at that first level, take it up a notch, right? Like, can I train someone to be as good as what I do, right? So don't just settle for like, I'm the best seller and that's pretty much it because you can be the best seller, but can you train someone to be in the same level as you? So I, I have that mindset even when, when I was working for my very first company, my first sales company, uh, my biggest goal is to train people to be better than what I do. So I, I'm breaking records personally, but then can this person that I'm training break my record? Right. Because to me, as I find more success and this is, I guess, the why the sort of like the why I kind of move into the, the, the management side of things is because I find enjoyment when people succeed better than what I do. So I, I and I train them, I kind of built them into into that position. Uh, same goes, uh, you know, I, I, and then I kind of moved up from my very first sales job. I kind of moved up into uh, I work for Enterprise, the, the, the car rental company. That's I think that's one of the biggest um uh, maturity that I, I learned, like, especially in my career, because I get to move up into the management role. I get to move up into like the retail branch role where I have to focus on you know profit loss. I have to focus on hiring. I have to focus on payrolls. I have to focus on a lot of things where it kind of, mm-hmm. um, forced me to kind of be in that position, right? Forced me to kind of, Hey, you're in this position. Now you got to take charge. You got to learn, you got to learn a business as a whole. And how do I run a business? Um, and, and that kind of brought me into sort of my, my, my next role as an, and as an insurance broker, it's pretty much the same thing, right? Like I got to own my craft. I got to own, not just being able to sell. Cause that's like I say, knowing that first level first, but then let's train more people. Uh, let's focus on, you know, developing that same level of excellence basically to the, uh, to the rest of the team. So, and same thing with Rose Rocket right now. It's uh, moving up into that role as well, where I can <laughs> help coach people. You know, I can help train people. Not only that, I you know personally sort of like break records as well in the company, but I, I kind of want to always uh, bring people in, train them, and break my record. So every year, if we can kind of continuously break record after record, then you know, to me, that's success, right? And that definitely de- demonstrated a lot of growth. And I like what you said about like honing in your craft where like you're constantly learning. You, once you graduate, you should still go pick up books, listen to podcasts and, and do research and stuff like that to, to get better and better, better. Cause you can never, uh, never be the best. I guess there's, there's always someone gunning for you <laughs> to break your record. Mm-hmm. So you might as well, uh, be, beat them to that. And, uh, so obviously there's, you're still young. There's a lot more in your career to, to go through, but I'd love if you kind of look back now and you were to share some swike, the stuff I I wish I knew earlier with with young Jonathan uh, at different points of his, his career, maybe in in, in high school, in, in university, and, and early career, later career. So, uh, what are some of the swike that you would you'd give yourself uh, over the years? Yeah, I mean, I actually have two different ones. So, one related to work, and someone something more related to personal. I think I can start off sort of like okay. the personal one. Um, biggest thing is save early, right? You know, start, start saving from, <laughs> from when you're running. That's like, I think one of the biggest thing and, and start investing early. Cause I think there's, um, you know, same thing as well. Back then there was not much resources that you can find on, on saving unless you speak with a special, a specialist basically. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of resources out there now where you can kind of start talking about investing, saving. So, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, if you haven't done so look into that because, uh, I, I guarantee that that goes a long way. Right. So, but going back into sort of my more, more of like the career, the studies uh, type of things is, um, and I think this is the reason why I, I kind of love podcasts. It's, it's for people like me as well, who, who 
does not enjoy reading as much is because <laughs> listening is definitely easier than like reading and paying attention to reading. So, um, you know, learn as much as you can, right? Um, one thing that I kind of talk about is jumping into a role. There's obviously a lot of things going on. Jumping into a career, into a job, there's a lot of things going on. So one, like I kind of mentioned, be the owner of your craft. So own whatever you do uh, and learn as much as you can from the people around you. Um, what, there was one quote that um, I, I'm pleased that this is from like someone else, basically from my, my current manager actually once mentioned that, you know, as a, as a team member or basically working as uh, under a team, the biggest focus that you can actually do is to make your manager's life easier, right? Mm. So what does it mean by making your life, ma your, your manager's life easier is you want to try to think how he thinks. Because if you want to move up in a company, you need to kind of be able to think not where your level is at, but the level above you, right? So okay. be a problem solver. So it means that, you know, coming in with solutions. So when you're approaching a lot of things, whether it's in school or whether it's in a, in, in a job, don't just ask for the solution, figure out the solution and kind of come together and have a discussion whether this is the right solution or is it the most effective solution? By, by thinking that way, it's it's sort of like you're not asking to be spoon fed with the answers, but it made you critically think, um, you know, uh, critically think that, critically think about different solutions that you can actually provide. One, it will enhance your uh, understanding about, you know, problems. And plus, it will also help you understand more about how the role is and also understanding how your manager will be able to think as well. So. For sure. Lots of great uh, tips and advice on the personal one saving early. Yeah, I, I, I can't stress that enough as well. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where uh, I think Albert Einstein said that uh, compound interest is like the eighth wonder of the world or something like that, where yep. saving early when you start when you're whatever, 18, 22, whatever, even if you're 30 and still young, start saving then, don't wait till 40, 50, whatever, that compounding <laughs> can really add a ton of value. And and sometimes you just Completely. set it and, then, and, and forget it, right? Do something, mm -hmm. at least start uh, on the work. Mm -hmm side it, it reminds me of a, a couple of things where uh, one of my early mentors he uh, basically said uh, give me solutions not problems right and, okay. and what that basically means is uh, exactly as you said like before you actually start complaining whining oh why can't we do this why can't you do that how about suggesting hurry here are three alternatives that I thought of uh, are there any mm -hmm. other ways that we could do to resolve th these problems because I do feel that there's uh, a better way to do it and when you do that it, it sounds more like problem solving instead of whining and complaining right Agreed. and uh, I Agreed. like I like what you said is about the biggest focus being uh, to make your uh, manager's life uh, easier and and I, one of my mentors also said that part of your job is also to make your manager look good because mm -hmm. the other thing is when you make your manager look good they can get promoted too. And when they get promoted, now there's a space for you to get promoted. Exactly. <laughs> so it provides exactly. Their upward mobility. So it's, it's a little bit self-serving there. So it should be less about uh, competition and, and making uh, them look good so that you can look good along with them and then kind of move up uh, the ladder, so to speak there. So uh, I think that's okay. a lot of good advice. And, and, and we'll, might have you back for a future episode to do a deep dive in a whole, whole bunch of different thing, whether it be like sales or like uh, going, growing up against kind of the, the typical Asian cultural upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we might have to talk about that. Uh, but before we get there, so what are some future aspirations that we, you have upcoming or where can folks uh, connect with you uh, online if they want to reach out? 
yeah i mean uh we i can definitely send my my linkedin if you search up my name jonathan and then chowandi t-j-o-a-n-d-i i I should be the only one with that name hopefully (laughs) Uh, if there's another person by that name let me know it might be a fake so (laughs) but you can kind of reach out to me at any time i'm I'm very open with linkedin and and, you know um giving any advice basically i can kind of give um especially to someone who's jumping into a startup role or, you know, jumping into their career or jumping into sales. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be very open to kind of having a quick chat as well regarding that. So, but future aspiration, you know, kind of never know what life will kind of take me. I mean, being in a startup, the best thing about it is uh, change basically happens every second. So it's always exciting <laughs> to kind of know and be prepared for that uh, or sorry, un- be unprepared for that. Uh, and yeah, but I think, um, you know, biggest thing for, for me right now is that, you know, get to spend time a little bit more as well, uh, a little bit more flexible in my in my schedule to kind of spend time with my family, with my wife, my kid. Uh, and yeah, that's sort of like where, where I am. I do. I do. Actually, I, I believe I might, might have mentioned this to you, Lucky, but sort of like one of my biggest goal, sort of my bucket list, you can say for this year is to also create a podcast. So uh, eventually we'll see where, where it goes. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, let us know when it's out. We'll, we'll link it. So we, we'll Sounds put good. your links in, in the show notes and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for sharing, your, sharing your story, Jonathan. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Once again, thank you for having me here. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.